Well, hello there, and welcome to the Good Old Days of Radio Show. This is John Tefteller, your host. Um, we got away from comedy last week with a little kind of a fantasy tale about snow and the origins of snow and plucking geese. I still will throw that out there again. Does <laughs> anybody uh, ever remember the old woman plucking her geese, referring to where snow comes from? If you do, drop us a line to the Good Old Days of Radio Show on Facebook or on the website and tell us that you actually remember a relative saying that, that that's where snow originated. Can't resist that one. i got to find out if that's real or not. In any case, we're going to drift away from comedy one more week and play an episode of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke was a really famous television show in the 1960s and 70s. It was one of the longest-running television shows out there. Uh, it was a Western, as you could guess if you don't know. Uh, the star on television was a very tall, lanky guy named James Arness, but Gunsmoke originated in radio. Gunsmoke uh, started in about 1952 on CBS radio, and the star of Gunsmoke was William Conrad. Now, those of you who watched television in the 70s and 80s will remember William Conrad as Detective Cannon on the Cannon uh, television program. Uh, and if you remember that, you remember that William Conrad was no... Uh, tall, lanky guy. William Conrad was kind of a short and very uh, slightly to very overtly overweight gentleman who didn't look anything like you could imagine Matt Dillon would be looking like, but he had the voice that, that did not match what he looked what he looked like, and you could certainly believe him as Matt Dillon in the radio version of Gunsmoke. Um, William Conrad used to come to Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters in Hollywood and also Spurdvac, and on many occasions he would lament the fact that there was one particular episode of Gunsmoke that he wanted to find. Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters had a long run of them. They had almost every show, but they were missing this particular one and a, and a few others from the, from the series. My speculation is the reason they were missing this particular one is because it was a radio version in 1952, but it went on to become a film in 1957, which also starred William Conrad. Now, the film didn't do real well due to whatever circumstance, but because it was a radio program that actually was made into a film and it had quite a bit of notoriety around it, my suspicion is that someone at CBS or KNX in Los Angeles, where all the original transcription discs and tapes were stored, someone borrowed that one for some purpose at some point early on and never returned it. And so it's somewhere in somebody's collection in Los Angeles, um, but it never went back to the files at KNX and therefore never given to Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters and unavailable. And Mr. Conrad was quite upset with that fact because of all the Gunsmoke shows he had done, he was most interested in having a copy of that one and hearing that again. Well, alas, Mr. Conrad died before the show was finally discovered, and it was actually finally discovered not that long ago, just a few short months ago. Radio historian Joe Webb, who's primarily known for his research of the Suspense radio series, has been going through 
a lot of estates of vintage radio show collectors, the old timers who first started collecting radio shows, some of them back in the 50s when they would tape them on reel to reel right off the radio, and into the 60s when some of them were having access to some of the early transcription discs and making transfers. And uh, they are now people who are in their 80s and 90s or people who have passed away, and their libraries of recordings if they haven't been dumped or thrown out, which unfortunately happens in too many cases. Um, they are being gone through by Joe Webb and a few others to see if they can find amongst those early collectors programs that never really made it into general circulation, um, not because the people that had them were necessarily hoarding them, they just didn't think they were of any particular importance or didn't have anybody to trade with or whatever, but they had collections of radio shows. And so very recently, in the last few months, one of these people who had passed away and left a collection of audio tapes, uh, in that collection was a copy of The Ride Back, which is the title of the show, From Gunsmoke. And so finally, at long last, that missing program is now available for us to hear. So in a kind of exclusive on the good old days of radio show, because it's not circulating too widely at the moment, but I'm sure it will be as more and more people um, get word that it has been found, we're going to present to you episode 10 of Gunsmoke from June, uh, June 28th, 1952, and it is The Ride Back. So uh, I have not heard this. I've heard many Gunsmokes over the years, but... Uh, if Mr. Conrad is correct and this is the best of the bunch, then hey, that's what we do on the good old days of radio show. We give you the best of whatever there is or was. And so that's what we're going to do here. So here from June 28th, 1952, the long lost but now found episode of Gunsmoke, The Ride Back. Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Hold up, Martin. Hold it. make camp? No. Likely clearing over there. I see it. Well, then what do you want to... Oh. Give me my gun, will you? Just take it easy. Just keep looking at them. They'll come out in their own time. We'll wait. You could see him standing quiet in the shadow of the trees a hundred yards off the trail. And they knew we'd seen him, and they came riding out into the clearing. Slow. Cheyennes. 
three of them. Young, wearing the pants of white men. One of them had what looked like a woman's blouse around his neck. And tied to their saddles were copper kitchen things that made sharp noise in the still evening. They were close to us now. You could see the shine of their hair grease. Then they were swinging past onto the trail. Back along the way we'd come. Gee, you. Did you get a whiff of that liquor? Yeah. You've been up to something. Lots of trouble in those engines. Killing trouble, I'd say. Maybe. You're the law. How come you didn't ask questions? When you ask questions, you've got to wait for answers. And that can lead to a lot of grief. My job's to take you back to Dodge City. You figure they were waiting to bushwhack us? I wouldn't say. Lousy murdering devils. If I had me a gun, You'd I'd do be... some more shooting, wouldn't you, Martin? What's the matter, Marshal? You afraid of Indians? I'm respectful of any man that's got enough liquor in him to make him mad. He does things sudden-like. You ought to know that, Martin. Huh? Likely you're gonna hang for it. Now, let's get moving. I'd caught up with Leeds Martin this side of the North Fork heading west. He'd done murder. Two we knew of in my territory and more I'd heard tell about in Comanche country. He was a drifter. Maybe that's why he drank or maybe because he had other reasons. But it had made him bad. He'd been bad for a long time. I reckoned riding easy would get us to Dodge City in about three days. We were traveling light and there was plenty of game along the way. At dusk, we made camp on a low rise overlooking the trail. Martin turned the buffalo meat over a fire. And I watched him. How do you like it, Marshal? Enough to take the chill off. (laughs) The way I always say a man should ought to eat meat. Failing him. Yeah, maybe he smells something. Such as? Indians. Those ones we flushed on the trail back there? Maybe. How'd he figure? We're being followed. They've been. You certain? I said maybe. Well, what do you aim to do about it? Nothing. They stay out of my way. I don't look for trouble with them. But they're Cheyennes. They got guns. You saw him. Marshal, listen. I got a right to protect myself. You give me my gun. You afraid, Martin? I ain't afraid of nothing. That's good. The meat's burning. I notice you stay back in the shadow. I get in the light of the fire. They pick me off first, is that it? It's an idea. Not for me, it ain't. I'm going to tell you something, Martin. We got a lot of riding and camping to do together. Now, you can make it easy or tough for yourself. That's up to you. Right now, the meat's burning. I don't like my meat burned. Take it off. I'm saying to you, mister, you travel the way you want. I'd as soon tie you on the back of your horse and let you eat and sleep there. You talk big with my gun, Marshal. That's right. Are you going to do the cooking or am I? How many days you say before we reach Dodge? Three. About. Here. Thank you. Now, sit over there, will you? Well, 
Oh, now, give me a break, Marshal. I'm a sitting duck. You'll be all right. The rocks will protect you. What's the matter? Don't you trust me close by? Uh-uh. I haven't got a gun. Yes, yeah, so you said. Well, how about a knife? I gotta cut my meat. Use your teeth. Now, go over, Martin. I'm hungry. And we ate. Martin on a rock about 12 feet off, tearing at the meat in his hands. The whites of his eyes showing animal like as he looked about, cautious, listening. I had a notion to rope him up for the night, but with the Cheyennes around, I couldn't do it. He wouldn't have stood a prayer. So I knew I'd have a double watch to keep Martin and the Indians. I let the fire die, and the dark came down on us, and with it, the night sounds. A couple of hours moved by. Sound like no proper noise to me. You better get some sleep. Oh, I ain't no sleeping mood. You got some tobacco? Yeah. Here. <laughs> Dylan, what's my chances? I'm a marshal, not a jury. You know, though. If it was me had to say, you'd hang. You like to see a man die, don't you? Gives you a kick. How many you shot down just for the fun, huh, Dylan? How many? There's no pleasure in it. Was it for you? Not that it matters, but how many were there for you? Since I was a kid or since I was a man grown? Both? Six. And two inches. And you know something? I always got pushed into a gunfight. I ain't saying it's right to do what I've done. But I've had a string of bad luck. Uh-huh. Like them two in Dodge, Marshal, they started a fight. No reason. I was faster on the draws, all. And that's always the way it's been. The doc says those boys are plugged in the back. He's a liar. Sure. my gun, are you? They'll come. Keep, keep your back to the rocks. You'll be all right. Now, shut up. that were brush and rock became alive. I got down on all fours and I eased my gun into my hand. 
I reached down for a stone and threw it. Dylan? Dylan? Dylan, you okay? Dylan! I doubt they'll try again tonight. Oh. You better get some sleep, Martin. They got a lot of riding come daybreak. The half-light of morning came late. It was the grayness of clouds that held it back. Martin rode down ahead of me, his face as gray as the sky. Eyes small for want of sleep. A hundred yards from where I'd seen the flash of the Cheyenne's carbine, we saw the Indian... Lying on his back, staring up out of dead sockets. I buried him. Took the rifle. We rode on east. They're still trailing us. You can see them a mile or so back. I know. Well, what are you going to do? Wait for night? Let them try and get us again? How would you figure to handle it? Oh, ride back. Get on their tails and finish I'd have to give you your gun to do that. Yeah. We'll keep going. All you'd have to do is wait for them to get in range. I could pick them off and put two of them. Forget it. Listen, I'm not going you to... You talk too me. much, Martin. You talk too much about killing. Not close up Hey, look. There's a cabin, see? Yeah, I see it. We could get fresh water. Maybe I could buy me some tobacco, huh? Well, what do you say, Marshal? Uh, there's no harm in it. The way you smoke, what I've got isn't going to last us in the dark. Yeah, yeah, come on. out and back getting the washing off of the line before it rains. I saw some hanging. Yeah. Hello there. Can we get some water? Hey, there must be a kid here. Look, rag doll laying over there. Come on. Holy... Marshal. Marshal. Look at that. Inside the cabin, a man was lying face down. In his outstretched hand, he clutched a broken milk pitcher. The woman was sprawled against the wall. And the kid... She was maybe five or six... All alone, small, hunched up against the bed. Those Cheyennes sure had a lot of hate in them.
return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, a reminder. Be a good example to your child. Make him know that he's loved and wanted. Give him regular religious training and help make your community a better place in which to live and grow. Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. Injuns done it. The Cheyennes. They done it. They'd kill a kid. Marshal, you see this. They done it. You wouldn't give me my gun. You wouldn't go after the dirty. I never done anything like this. But me, you're going to take. We'll bury him out back. You're worse. You're worse than me. You're worse than the Cheyennes. We'll bury him out back. That's all they are to you. Something dead, so you bury it. You've got nothing in you at all. Nothing. Shut up. Now, don't tell me about the dead. You do your killing and everything's on your side. So what's the difference with this? Just because some crazy liquored Indians did it. What do you think the wives of the men you shot say about you back in Dodge? What makes you so different? You think maybe because you're not a Cheyenne that makes you innocent and only them guilty? Now, come on, we'll bury him out back. Big drops of water were falling as I threw a last handful of earth on the kid's grave. We'd put her rag doll to sleep with her. And the killer leads Martin said a prayer half-remembered from a long time ago. Now, lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul. I pray the Lord my soul to take. Uh, we'll wait in the cabin until the storm gives over. What about the Indians? Right now they're going to get wet. Later I'll take care of them. All right, we'll tie up the horses over there by the post. Get out! I'll stay on your belly. Keep close to the cabin. Where'd that come from? Off to the right there. Keep your head down. And when I say, we'll make a run for the door. Get inside. You all right? Yeah, kick some dust in my eye. All right. Hit one of the horses. Are you ready? You gonna let him get away with it? You're going to run once you shoot back. They're out of pistol range. We're going inside. All right, come on. You're... You're Lily. I should have figured it. Just a lot of fat talk. I'm going over to the window, Martin. You stay where I can see you. If you move one inch, I'll blow your ears off. Now I know why you won't give me my gun. It isn't for me. It's so you won't have to make a play for the engines. You're scared, Martin. Don't you turn your back on me between here and Dodge. 
Because if you do, you'll never turn around again. The rain made everything a gray curtain. I could see a horse moving to the cabin for shelter, and as it came close, I saw it was mine. On the saddle was my rifle, and I had to get it. I had to go outside again for that. The Cheyennes had been well out of pistol range, you could tell from the sound of their shots. And I didn't think they'd have the stomach to get too close. Not yet. I waited about ten minutes. And then... What are you going to do? We're going out. Tie up the horse and get my rifle and back in. Suppose they're waiting for us. They're not. But if they are like you say, I'm not turning my back on you. So you'll go first. Now open the door. I ain't going to do it. Open the door, Martin. You ain't got guts enough to pull that trigger. I don't want to shoot you. Open it. Now! You hear me? All right, go on. Outside. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. Ah, ah, boy. Yeah. Easy now. Easy now. All right, get the pack off, Martin. Oh, Whoa, boy. Holy boy, easy. Easy now. All right, come on. That's a boy. That's a boy. All right, tie him up, Martin. All right, let's get out of this ring. afternoon dragged by, and with a storm came a chill, and I got a fire going. I kept my watch at the window, an eye on the horse, an eye on Martin. He wasn't talking much now, just moving around the cabin looking at things the way you do when you try to find out what people are and what they own. It got darker. The rain didn't let up. We drank hot coffee and ate. Martin found a guitar and propped himself up on the bed. Get your boots off the bed. Why? You're getting mud all over it. Who's going to care? I do. You wouldn't understand why. Now get them off. Aim to sit by that window all night, Martin. As long as I have to. You'll need some sleep by and by. Don't worry, I'll hogtie you if I do. Engines might get you when you sleep. I'll get you too. How come a man and woman come to a place like this to settle and raise a kid? Lots of room, maybe. Work in the earth. There's reasons. All crazy. What did it get him? I don't know, Martin. That's the way it goes. Oh. Yeah, I guess I'm ready for some sleep. Okay. Oh, you don't have to tie me. A man gets all stiff. Sleep's hard to come by then. I'm going to tell you something, Martin. Some men 
An ordinary man, even if he's done murder, I might trust in a fix like this. But you're not like that. I don't understand you. You run hot and cold. There's something wrong inside your head. I don't trust that. All right, now get started on your feet. I'll knot it tight. Take your boots off first. I could do with a drink. Make another loop there. All right, now pull it tight. All right. I'm going to finish it, Martin. Now keep your hands behind your head and lie down flat. Sure, sure. <laughs> Why, you crazy I'm not even started with you yet, Martin. Now get up! Should have done that a long time ago. Now you hear what I'm saying, Martin. I don't like you. You're making a lot of trouble. I could save the law of bother by throwing you to the Indians right now or doing it myself, but you're going to stand trial. If I have to drag you at the end of the rope, you're going back. Now get up on that bed and stay there. He didn't have any more fight that night. I roped him up and dozed a little myself. But by morning, when the rain let up, I could see that he was cocky again. Ready, waiting for another chance. Outside, the sun was breaking through and there was a smell of freshness. Green and wet. The horse was nibbling at some timothy going along the cabin wall. There was the sound of the cow wanting to be milked. You think those Cheyennes are gone? They might be. I doubt it, though. Funny they ain't tried to pick off your horse. Probably wanted alive. You finished your coffee. Yeah. Okay, let's go. What are you doing with the guitar? Taking it with me for company. They don't need it. Put it back. Put it back. Seem like you're just bound to make things tough for me, Marshal. Seems that way, doesn't it? Well, it's a nice day, Martin. We ought to make some distance to dodge today. You're going to let the Cheyennes get away with, with this, huh? They won't get away with it. Now, come on. We doubled up on my horse and took it easy for the morning. You could see for miles around. It was that kind of clearness. And then we were heading for a shallow canyon with rocks and boulders dotting the floor. There'd been no sign of the Cheyennes until we entered the mouth. Jump! Come on, boy. Hey, hey. All right, behind the rocks, Martin. Get out. Yeah, persistent, aren't they? Man's a fool to ride into trap. He sure is. Give me my gun, will you? Give it to me. I want to get just one of them. Just one. Sorry, Martin. You'll have to sit this one out. You don't understand. Got him. 
Oh, please, Marshal, please. I'll give you my word, please. Let me get the other one. Please, I'll give you back the gun, Marshal. No. I won't make no trouble. Now, please, No, Marshall. no, I can't, Martin. Please, just Marshall. sweat it out. It won't be long. Look at Marshal, please, just... Now, listen one. to me. I'm going to edge around those rocks down the canyon. Oh, Marshal, I should be able to pick him off from there. Now, you stay put here. You understand? Oh, Marshal. You'll be all right. You stay here. I crawled my way up Marshall, the canyon, sneaking behind brush, boulders, anything for cover. And up on the lip of the canyon, I, I could see a movement, a flash of color. And that was when Martins raised up... He had a couple of rocks in his hands the size of small melons, and he ran like a jack, dodging back and forth and heading straight for the Indian. No, no, Martin! Martin, get down! Get down! The Indian slid down and landed no more than ten feet from Leeds, Martin. They were both dead when I got there. The Cheyenne shot had got Martin square in the head. I took my prisoner's body back with me to Dodge City. Now, sir, there's just no accounting for some men's ways, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, you never know, Chester. You never know. I didn't like him, but you never know. Must have been crazy, in a way. I couldn't figure out why he did it. Until I found this in his pocket. Here, take a look. Well, it's a kid, Mr. Dillon. Picture of a little girl. Looks like he'd carried it for a long time. Yeah. Maybe he had a kid once. You never know. And like you say, is just no accountant. Smoke, transcribed under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was especially written for Gunsmoke by Anthony Ellis, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Leeds Martin was played by Larry Dobkin. Parley Bear is Chester. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Here's our exciting free offer again. You may have for your entire family a free convention handbook. Send a postcard with your name and address to Time, CBS, Chicago 90, Illinois. That's Time, CBS, Chicago 90, Illinois. Don't wait. The conventions are coming. Your copy's waiting. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, Playhouse on Broadway brings you outstanding dramas and comedies every Sunday night on the CBS Radio Network. KNX Los Angeles, where Gene Autry rides the range every Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Okay. Um, I can see, listening to that, why um, 
Mr. Conrad would have wanted a copy of that. That has to be one of the best Gunsmoke shows I've ever heard. And I'm so glad that uh, Joe Webb and whoever assisted him in this and whatever collector recorded it and kept it did so. And now we can all have a chance to hear it again. That's the greatness of seeking out and finding vintage radio shows that are long lost, and they are still out there. They're still in attics and basements and barns and wherever. They still exist. It's just a matter of finding them, transferring the original discs or tapes, and uh, making them available for people to listen to. Gunsmoke was most famous for its very realistic and intense sound effects, and you heard all of that in this particular episode. They hired the best in the business for sound effects people, and they placed a lot of their budget in uh, making and creating beautiful, uh, realistic-sounding sound effects. And that went a long way to transferring the program uh, from just your radio into your brain and imagination. You had all those little little sounds and little noises to, uh, to help you create those pictures in your mind as you listen to the program. And Gunsmoke was top-notch when it came to sound effects and all that. Okay, that was a uh, kind of a good old days of radio show exclusive, courtesy of Joe Webb. And Mr. Webb will be joining us in a couple weeks with a special series of programs, which we will announce soon. And you will be able to hear him for yourself and hear about the kind of research and work he does in helping to uh, dig up and preserve vintage radio shows. There are a number of people out there doing it, and uh, Joe Webb is at the forefront, and I used to be at the forefront, now I'm just sitting here playing radio shows for you, but I used to do all that, and I still do a little bit. If I run into them anywhere, I certainly pick them up, but uh, there are some younger folk that have taken up the, the cause, and they're out there hunting down these lost vintage radio shows, and that's great. So, until uh, Thursday, when we wrap up our Uh, science fiction AI special series, which we're going to do on this Thursday, until Thursday, and then next Tuesday, we got to go back to comedy, because we've had two weeks in a row where we've just done these drama things, and while they're good, we need some comedy for next week, so I'll promise a comedy show for next week. Okay, next week, comedy and AI, artificial intelligence gone wild on Thursday. Until then, this is John Tefteller and the good old days of radio show saying thanks for listening. (laughs) 